2: Welcome to Love Insight, or welcome back, we hope, to Love Insight. You have subscribed to the series. This is the official podcast from the official Kinetic Content I Media joint venture that will cover every little detail. Every question you may have will be examined. It'll be a deep dive into the global phenomenon that is love and blood. That is Love is Blind. I am here. I'm Matt Money Smith, by the way. To my right, more importantly, once again, is Giannina. Or G, I feel like we're now all right. We're, we're good. We're now friends. Exactly. <laughs> we're now friends. And I can call you G. But we're going to get deep into episode one. If you missed episode one of our podcast, We didn't talk about episode one of Love is Blind all that much. We kind of got into your backstory, shared how you found yourself uh, on the show Love is Blind. But for this one, are you ready? We're getting right into it. This is the episode one of Love is Blind rundown.
3: Wow, let's do it, money.
2: Okay, here we go. One, you walk in the door. You're the first face we see. Uh Door opens, it's you. Uh, What were you girls talking about? How much time did you have together before you get to the pods to kind of get to know one another?
3: Um, We had, I think, a couple of hours in total. Um, and I think we were just kind of looking at each other's outfits and just trying to get each other's like feel for one another. And everyone was just like super giddy, super excited, not knowing what to expect. Um, so it was very, what about
2: competitive spirit? Did you feel like, uh, Hey, all right, I'm, I'm the best looking one in here. So I feel good (laughs) about myself. Like, were you measuring the other girls up?
3: Um I thought everyone was beautiful. I didn't ever I was never like, "Oh, I'm the cutest one." Like, no, I was like, "Oh my god, they're all so beautiful." Like, how am I ever going to measure up? Um Now
2: did that plant maybe kind of a seed in your your brain of, "Wow, all the all the girls are attractive." So, mm-hmm. I'm guessing all the guys are probably attractive yeah, too. Yeah.
3: So, I was hoping that that was the case cuz, you know, maybe it was like a beauty and the beast kind of thing that was going on and we didn't know about it, but I was like, okay, everyone here is, you know, very attractive, very outgoing. I'm sure that if they really want us to fall in love, they're going to kind of match us. So that was comforting.
2: Right. I have mentioned it. We mentioned it. Um, You brought it up in the last episode of the podcast. You do have roommates. Yes. And you had two. Yes. So you had, you ended up with Lauren. Yes. But you started with? Lexi. Lexi. So. Mm Share with us, kind of how? Why did you switch roommates? And and what was it like being with a roommate? Had do you have a roommate? Had you slept in the same room as someone regularly for a while? Was that weird?
3: No, I mean I thought it was really fun. I lived with a couple of girls um, a couple of years prior. I had two roommates myself, okay. so I was just like, oh, I'm back in that whole. Environment. Did you stay up all night talking? We stayed up all night talking, just like, what do you think his face is going to look like? Well, I don't know. And we you know we would always just kind of share stories and kind of share insight of oh, like I heard this about Damien or I heard this about Cameron or, you know, Wesley. And it was just a very fun Who got the worst rap?
2: Who got the worst rap straight out the gate? Like, stay away. This guy is the worst. Was there like one John. 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 We brought him up in the last yeah. episode as well. Yeah. So like not a single person came back and was like, you know what? There's this guy, John, that I'm kind of feeling.
3: Not a single soul. <laughs>
2: okay. So John's out. I've got a million questions. Yes. All right, I want to get right into them. Mm -hmm. Short guy Wesley. Love him. That's all we know about him, mm-hmm. is that he was short guy Wesley. Mm-hmm. Uh, how tall was he? Did you ever get a chance to meet him or no? Did I got you? a chance
3: to meet him after we wrapped and okay. we all kind of got is together. Is he like
2: one? Is he 5'3"? Is he shorter than you?
3: Yeah, he's shorter than me. I think he hits like my nose, probably. And you're 5'8"? I'm 5'7".
2: 5'7". Okay, so yeah. he is super short guy Wesley.
3: I, I guess that's what he call super short. I mean, that's what he said. He's yeah. like, I'm here to see
2: if people, you know, women mm-hmm. don't go for short guys. I'm a short guy. So he disappears were you surprised uh, like what how about this did you have any conversation with him in the pods
3: yeah um, he was just very open uh, shared a lot about his like family and him and Lexi had a great connection because they both had um, I think like the same like religious beliefs and things like that so they kind of bonded in that
2: yeah that was kind of that was one of the weird things in episode one like the the how fast that jessica and mark connected just Mm -hmm. because they were both chicago people like that was kind of the foundation of their relationship she's like i'm from chicago and that was it right it was was all
3: right it's like oh you too okay let's date (laughs) Um well, I think they just picked fun moments to show between the couples. Um but there were definitely a lot of in-depth conversations that took place very long like hours. So from that
2: episode 1, I mean we got a lot yeah. out of out of the first episode of Love is Blind. So give us an idea like how how long were you in a pod with Damien? In, in like for like the longest can you stay in there as long as you want is there a timer like how does all that work
3: yeah so there's a time frame on there you could definitely you know lose all sense of time I didn't have I lost all sense of time and space in there so it felt like I was in there for a year um but really it was just a couple of days really mm-hmm
2: and that, is that because you're developing relationships and you're like, how is it that I've gotten to know these people so well or I, I'm making a, Is that what that's what it was? Yeah. It was more emotional.
3: So emotional. There are so many transformations that happen in there with within people themselves. And while you're finding a partner, it was a very transformative like experience. Um, it, it's an it's a social experiment. True and true.
2: Speaking of a social experiment, uh, it is regularly said that alcohol is the lubricant of conversation. Mm. It seemed like there was a lot of alcohol in there. Um, (laughs) Did did you feel like that that was something that a lot of people used? Do you feel like you know what, I'm gonna take a, a have a pop or something like that and yeah. that kind of loosen things up a little bit. Take
3: a little shot, take the edge off. Is that
2: what everybody was doing?
3: Um, I guess I don't know if everyone was doing it. I you know, I had a cup I had a glass of wine right. here and there. I stopped drinking after the third day. But it's just kind of like a normal date if you go and you have dinner with someone, you order a bottle of wine and you kind of just hang out and talk that way. Uh, some people were always with their glass of wine. Right. They yes, that. Jessica,
2: she drank it all. <laughs> (laughs) She drank everything. Um, Was she drunk the entire time?
3: I didn't notice that she was drunk the entire time. But if you
2: had to guess...
3: I mean, we all cope our own different we ways. We do. All, listen, this, this is the Love
2: Insight podcast, yeah, so yeah. we're getting the insight here. Get it in, and, and I understand. Was it like, was it claustrophobic? Was it uncomfortable?
0: Uh,
3: it could definitely get that way. You walk in, and you're in this like tiny little lounge space with like this little couch and a little bar cart, and like a bunch of cameras everywhere, and like this frozen blue wall, just kind of, you know keeping you in a trance. and It It looked like a confessional booth. It was 100% a confessional booth. It was the most therapeutic experience I've ever had in my life. Really? Did you like Mm -hmm. being in the pod? I loved it. You did? It it felt like I was kind of, I don't want to say in jail, but it was like you're confined, but it felt so free.
2: Well, we'll find out uh, if you're alone in that sentiment or if others will join you because, by the way, a little bit later in this very pod, we're going to talk to Rory. Yay! So... Let's get to Rory, because Rory is someone who is, you know, he is a moon that is orbiting this planet that yeah. his love is blind. Yep. Uh, we know a little bit about him. We mm-hmm. saw his name flash on the screen. Mm-hmm. He, we see more conversations with Rory with the guys, mm-hmm. because he's kind of like their amateur psychologist yeah. than with the girls. What can you tell us about Rory?
3: Rory is that friend that you can just tell your whole life to and he will he will never judge you he will listen to every single word and he will probably give you the best advice you've ever had in your life and it's just such a nice he's such a fun light-hearted person but you can tell he takes all of that in himself and did you
2: experience that in the pod
3: He was the first person I cried with in the pods
2: really mm-hmm. how many people did you cry with in the pods
3: um i would say maybe like three um it was definitely damien rory and i think i cried with barnett how do you cry with barnett out of anger like we 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 (laughs) spoke i spoke with him and i was just like you have to let your walls down man and i he was like i can't i can't and i told him i was like on the count of three we're gonna yell And one, two, three, and we just yelled. And it was just like this very. Did you make him cry?
2: Did you make Barnett cry?
3: I think he kind of shed a tear. You think so? I don't don't think anybody else made Barnett cry. Well, I don't know if I made him cry, but I think I let him release.
2: It seemed like um, through the course. Of the first episode that Barnett was the most popular guy. And I don't know if that's just because he probably got the most screen time. But you saw a connection Mm -hmm. with with he and Jessica. You saw an immediate connection with he and Amber. An Mm -hmm. immediate connection with he and Elsie. And then, of course, you see the conversation Mm -hmm. back in your living quarters with all of them kind of like side-eyeing each other. Because everyone's bringing up the name with Barnett. Did you feel that way? Was he the quickest connection you made?
3: Yeah, for sure. He was my first date. So, as soon as I went in there, we, we spoke and we laughed and we just kind of shoot the- And he was just such an easy guy to get along with. And I went out of the pod and I was like, this is it. I don't even have to look any further. This is my guy.
2: So, did that set other. Do you feel like that maybe set you back a little bit? That no. kind of. So, was it almost like a race where, hey, so the race has <laughs> now started? Barnett's in the lead. Uh-huh. And now you're seeing whether or not anyone can overtake him. As you go through these right. these pod dates, or did it work itself out where Barnett started to wear on you a little bit, and it was like, hey, that was nice at first, but I'm exactly. over it. Yeah, that is what happened.
3: Yeah, it was more of like this infatuation and such a fun guy, and then afterwards it was like, well, I need to have a real conversation with you, um, and it just we just kind of dwindled on each other. I think it's right. just because it's not meant to be.
2: All right, I got a million questions go for because it. again, this this first episode is the one. Who is the girl with the long black hair that? It looks like maybe Rory was with her.
3: <gasps> Danielle Druin. Okay,
2: so who is Danielle?
3: Oh my gosh, she's my spirit animal.
2: She's your spirit? You, yes. You, you have another human as a spirit animal? Yes. Really? <laughs>
3: yes, she calls me her wise owl. Okay. Um, Which and... could be
2: a, a spirit animal, a wise yeah, owl. Yeah, so we
3: kind of saw that in each other. I think I saw her as like my lioness. Okay, there you go. Um, She's just a, such a, a a calm and like sensual, just like light um and she was uh, she and rory got engaged what yeah
2: okay so we're gonna get that from rory when he calls in Mm -hmm. we're gonna get rory so they
3: had a whole (laughs) love story
2: and we'll get the whole thing Mm -hmm. we will get every last detail okay so let's let's put a bookmark there because that's gonna come up later in this pod rory's gonna join us and what's her name her name is danielle Danielle. all right so Mm -hmm. we're gonna get into danielle and rory um and then else let's see there's Ebony, we talked about. Uh-huh. Ebony was the girl who uh, said it's the size of the wave, not the motion of the ocean. That's all we know. Can you share anything else about her that you remember?
3: Um, She was really just fun, but at the end, I didn't speak to her so much, but... um. Really cute, makeup artist, how good go to style.
2: Okay, nothing interesting, though, worth sharing here. How about Allie the Nurse? Was Allie the Nurse interesting at all? Oh,
3: my God, Allie's the best.
2: Okay, why is Allie the best? What would people that are listening right now that got to see Allie the Nurse, 31, I think, does that sound right? I yeah. think Allie was 31. What uh-huh. do we need to know about Allie the Nurse?
3: Allie is an outspoken, uh, knows what she wants, won't ever back down, will get you what you want. Okay. And, um...
2: What is yeah. that? Mean? Like she... anything? Like did she did she smuggle cigarettes into the pod or something like that?
3: I mean, kinda. <laughs> oh
2: really? Okay. All if, right. if you want, you can get I'm her out, of Okay, she'll I'm following. I'm following. <laughs> did she did she make a connection at all? No, she did not. Not a one. No. Like came out of the pod. Were that how many girls would you say came out of pods and were like, not happening?
3: I think it was 50-50. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Were you did did like any of them want you to try to say, hey, what about this guy? You know what? I had a conversation with carlton or right. i had this conversation with well i think they uh were... taylor the virgin he might be good for you we're gonna get to taylor the virgin in a minute that poor guy i
3: know um it was more of like i created friendships
2: okay but it
3: wasn't a romantic endeavor for half the girls there
2: okay how about uh four times a day having sex lily may
3: mm. how about
2: what can you tell us about lily may who said she was having sex four times a day
3: Dang, girl, you got going on. <laughs> um, Lily May. Again, I didn't speak with her so much. Okay. but that's fine. Yeah.
2: That's fine. We already got to Wesley. Um, what about the, uh, the guy, and I don't know who it was. Maybe uh, someone in here can help me out. The guy who uh, we see in episode one, and the only thing we get from him is in the pod. He asked the person on the other side, all right, I'm into girls that are in shape and good looking. And John. that was John. All right. Oh, that's the same guy. That's the same guy. Oh, God, it's so funny nightmare. that he's so
3: memorable. He was in there for like two days. That's what I
2: mean. Well, all we saw was that. And then the other part where I think you sound like an African-American. Yeah. Was there with Lauren. Yeah. So that's John. All right. Let's do it now. Let's do Taylor. Super preppy frat guy looking Taylor. Yeah. Right. Wearing the blazer side part. Did you have any dates with him? yes okay lots oh wow lots of dates you were into taylor
3: taylor was um someone that i connected with on like an artistic level he's a photographer and i think we were just um really great friends
2: did any any of the guys because you know not every and it was weird the way they were they were kind of labeled like you know barnett it says engineer and Mm -hmm. i'm like engineer Mm -hmm. is he like a mechanical engineer is he a chemical engineer and then i was like no, I think he might just be in construction and like he's a structural engineer or something like that. And he's going to tell you whether so. or not your house is going to fall over. Yeah. Um, was there any, uh, were there, you, you mentioned you and Taylor and he was asking you what you liked in bed and stuff. Mm-hmm. How often did that happen? Did you guys Once. get Once. In-
3: and he answered horribly when I asked him how he would, <laughs> what he would do if we like went out on a date or how he would kiss me. I forgot the actual question, but he was just very invasive for me. And I was like, I need someone that's more respectful and isn't talking about... Oh,
2: he like, full-on started talking dirty, like, dirty sex talk kind of stuff?
3: A little bit. Yeah, I think I was just... Uh, I'm Again, I'm very picky about who I let into my life. So I was like, if you're not going to treat me with respect, someone that you potentially want to marry, like, how have you been with all other women? Like, do you object- objectify us? And I don't want to say that he did, um, but... I think it was all in perfect timing where I asked him and Damien kind of the same question, and Damien just answered beautifully.
2: Right, and Barnett did not. Taylor did not. Taylor, I'm sorry. So what about uh, what about sharing uh, your feelings about what happens in the pods with other girls and then recognizing that they're having similar experiences we saw that Mm -hmm. in the first episode specifically with barnett was that pretty common because it seems like you're supposed to Mm -hmm. open up you're supposed to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. um try to make this connection with this person was it weird did it feel like you were cheating on or they were cheating on you or something like that when you found out that they were having kind of extended conversations with other girls
3: i didn't feel like we were cheating i think we were just being so open and We wanted to be able to, I guess, like know the T in a sense where it's like, okay, so he's into you. Well, he's also into me. But how do you guys connect? And I think the girls specifically really created this open dialogue within each other because we didn't want to get played. We didn't want to. I don't know. We didn't want to feel like we were being led on, and so it's like, hey, like I really like him, and he really likes me too. Oh well, like I feel like a good connection with him too. So, y- can we talk about it? Like because at the end of the day, I want what's best for you. No, I want what's best for you. So it was a very good way of going about it. Um, who, I don't know how it ended up.
2: Who was the first one that came in that was like, like in 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 the first episode, we see Lauren and Cameron. Like get yeah. full on engaged. Who yeah. was the first girl that came back that was like, I'm getting engaged or like was maybe like selling it like um, it was you. It was me. With Damien. With Dame. You were the first person that came. And then what was the reaction like from mm-hmm. the other girls?
3: So after and you saw the episode after like I opened up to him and I said, you know, I have my flaws. Um, and he was like, I'll take that. And I love you for it. I literally ran out of the pods threw my notebook on the ground came into the lounge crying and was like I found him (laughs) and all the girls just kind of like came over me and like started giving me hugs and
2: all right bookmark stop Mm. because we're going to save that for another episode so you got to subscribe we'll get to the rest of that because that we're (laughs) jumping ahead so let's go to Lauren and Cameron because they're the two that get engaged in this episode did you see that coming how soon did you know it was coming
3: so as soon as Lauren started, stopped going on dates with other people, that's it. I knew she was dating. How,
2: how, okay, so mm-hmm. did you ever go on a date with Cameron? Yeah. What did you think of Cameron?
3: I thought he was such a calm, intellectual soul. And I was able to talk to him about, uh, I guess, like knowledge in a sense of how I interp- how I was interpreting signals with Damien or with you know what was going on in the pods and i was going through like this period of self-awareness while i was in there and he was really able to just kind of like talk me down the ledge i went through an epiphany um and he just helped me kind of like dissect it and make sure that it was you know not a crazy thing that it was happening but it was just more of like the self-awareness thing. that's
2: so you just that's a good little nugget there did you ever talk to other guys about other guys yeah like trying to get dirt on them like what Uh, and were they cool with it like doing recon tell me what you think of this person kind of stuff did you do that with all the guys about Damien
3: no I think they kind of so when I said I picked Damien um I think it's word kind of spread and guys on my next dates were like, so I heard you picked someone. And I was like, I did. And um, but
2: like you wouldn't say to Cam, hey, tell me about Damien or well, Barnett. What can you tell me about Damien? Well, they
3: would be like, so I heard like you picked someone. And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, he he's such a sweet guy. He's like all about you. So they would just kind of innately tell me. Um, and then I think the person that I confided in with the most was Rory, where I was just like, hey, like. Tell me what's going on over there. Is this still, you know, am I feeling the same thing that he is? And he was just very reassuring.
2: So we saw it in episode one, and that is a perfect place to take a break, because when we return after this short little message, Rory is going to join us.
4: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.
1: Come.
2: All right, we're back on Love Insight and Love Insight. And remember, we ask for Pod Talk. You, our listeners, to submit your questions you want answered on our official Love is Blind podcast. This one comes from Casey.
3: Hi, this is Casey. First of all, huge fan of the show, but I just have one thing to say. Justice for Rory. Where's his edit? He was clearly the counselor. Everybody loved him. He took such good care of everybody. Where's he in all of this?
5: I want to hear his story.
2: All right, Rory. So uh, let's get to know you. Number one, why were you a plant? come on You know i've
5: always dreamt of being a human and i just thought if i could look like one then eventually people would accept me for not being a plant you know
2: you were uh you were all over the first episode and you were like the go-to for for everybody g was just sharing with us how uh she confided in you and stuff so obviously uh everybody thinks you were a plant so kind of share with us how you got on the show uh what you were doing there and, and why we only saw you for one episode
5: Um, Sure. So I got on the show. uh, The casting agents reached out to me, I think, towards the end of the process. I was one of the last few contestants added. Um, I think I only had like a month prior before kind of going into the facility. Um, And then I was there. You know, I I told them no a couple times, like two times because I just it just didn't seem like me. It was kind of radical and kind of out there and I was like, I don't know if this is something I want to do, but it just anytime I wanted to say no, I kept being brought back to it, right? I was like, this is really interesting. I feel like I have to do this just to see. And, you know, I was single at the time. I'm single now and it's like you know, if this is actually something that works out, you know, even if it's a low chance, whatever, I mean, then that's it, right? That's all that, that's all that matters. And so I kind of went on a show that way. Um, and the reason that, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of airtime there, um, was mostly just because, you know, you think about it, Netflix as a publisher, uh, you only had 10 episodes to work with and that had to, you know, accompany probably 300 episodes worth of content. So they had to make some tough choices on what, content they could show and whatnot. And it obviously it made the most sense to focus on the people that continued on, right? And the people that didn't, um didn't get the didn't get that, that as much time, right?
2: Yeah, but there was so much of you. That's what's so strange about it. Like in the first episode, you are clearly, it seemed like to to some degree the alpha of the of the male facility. Is that fair to say? It seemed like you were sort of their leader.
5: Um, I don't know if we had a leader, but I was definitely the I was the rock for, for over half the cast in that, you know, when they when they had some part of their, you know, their psyche kind of unveiled or they were confused or lost or overwhelmed or having a panic attack, most of the time um, I was the person that either I found them because I could feel that they were having troubles or they found me. But it was just, you know, it's like a, hey, I'm confused. This is a lot. Um, can someone help me process this? And that's kind of the role that I fell into.
3: How did you handle that? And this is G. Hi. Hey, G. Hi, I miss you. How did you handle like all of our emotions plus the ones that you were feeling with Danielle?
5: So it wasn't easy. um, And it's something that kind of overwhelmed me quite a lot throughout the process. I mean, towards the end of it, I was crying so much just because, you know, I was kind of trying to shoulder the burden of everybody because I was really worried that, you know, you know, people like Barnett or whatever they were going to get close but they were gonna stumble on the last hurdle and then not get where they wanted to go and I was really worried about that Um, but you know it's just it's always been my style to kind of just be the natural leader the one who makes sure that no man left behind or no woman left behind kind of things it was hard it was very stressful Um, it took a lot out of me as it did everybody else on the cast but you know it, it was more important to me that everyone made it
2: who is Danielle and what happened
5: so Danielle, uh, she was the first pod I went into on the first day, um, and we had an instant connection. And so we were kind of, we were each other's number one throughout the whole 10-day process. And uh, she actually ended up uh, vibing a lot with another contestant, Matt, uh, not Barnett, but Matt, Matt Thomas, who uh, we were actually best friends in the show. We were really close the whole the whole way through. Um, and I think that she just, she was kind of deciding between us. And when I proposed, she said yes, but you know... As, when we got engaged, we were fiancés after the show because we didn't get followed by cameras afterwards. Um, that actually kind of dissolved uh, about a week or two after, and she ended up
2: go, uh, going to date with Matt. So did you propose to her because you thought Matt might beat you to it?
5: <laughs> See, uh, shush. Um, boy. so it's not actually <laughs> – It's my baby girl. Um, she wants to, too. Um, I I am a little atypical in that way and that I've never really – wanted to be part of the whole fighting for affection, um, process because at the end of the day, to me, it's, it's two people there, right? It's not like Danielle is a security camera looking left or right and we have to force it to turn one way, right? Like she's a person that has feelings and a decision that she can make. So it's like, I've always been in the camp of, Let me shoot my shot, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not going to worry too much about trying to convince someone, right? Um, I proposed because I was ready. You know, it's one of those things where, like, we had this great connection, and I was ready to kind of settle down and do all that. So for me, on my side, it was 100% just let's do this.
3: Did Matt ever open up to you and say, hey, like, I want to be with Danielle?
5: No. So he was pretty quiet about it most of the time. Um, and I think a couple of the guys were, you know, like people talk about how Cameron and Lauren were so perfect. But most of the time they were really quiet, yeah. especially Cameron on the on the guy side. He didn't mm-hmm. talk much about her. So some of the guys played their emotions close to the chest on who they were really connecting with. And I didn't know about Matt until probably like day nine as far as like the fact that he was that that into Danielle.
2: Did you? um it seemed like you maybe played a little bit of Peacemaker with Mark and, and Barnett with the, the Jessica thing. Did that get a little like weird on the guy's side? Because it seemed like that was maybe the one that, that was sort of a crossover
5: um so matt and or sorry barnett and mark were probably the the biggest uh tussle and then matt and i were definitely going over danielle and then taylor kind of got involved in um and and g can attest this too Mm -hmm. but uh involved in the gianina uh triangle with damien and then also uh, taylor was also pretty involved with jessica as well so i think that was kind of like the big question is like where everyone was going to land and i think that's why I ended up um, with so many scenes with Barnett is that he was kind of tussling with the thought of like who who am I supposed to pick here? Who am I actually feeling? What is uh you know like a, a fling and what's actually real? And he's trying to process through all that. And I think that's kind of expected, right? Like if you get fifteen people on each side together for ten days and say, hey, you know, we're some of us are making connections, some aren't. Make the decision. I think there was definitely you know some fighting and. I think it was fine until the very end. And you can actually feel the energy on the day nine, day 10. A lot of us were kind of playing quiet, playing close to chess as it was starting to get a little bit more competitive.
2: Why? um, You you mentioned you proposed, you got engaged to Danielle. So why did we not see you? Uh, You mentioned, you know, you got 300 episodes worth for 10. But what do you think led to you not going as one of the six couples that did get to go?
5: That's the, the the eternal question, I think. because um, obviously myself and Danielle got engaged and then two others, uh, Wesley and Lexi got engaged. And so they had basically set up for five couples uh, bandwidth wise, right? So the, the amount of uh, you know they have to have cameras for everybody, they have to have, I mean, it's just a huge budget, right. Um, and so they they kind of had to pick and choose which couples they thought, we're going to be the ones and you know, you don't always have an answer there. So I kind of have empathy for them in that decision process of who do we cut? Who do we not? The fact that Daniel and I didn't last long outside of it tells me that maybe they saw that she was having a better connection with Matt. Cause you think about it, it as a contestant on the show, you only get to see your dates, right? You don't know what's going on in any of the other dates. And so you don't know how connected they are or how they're like, what kind of bond they have. And so I was like, maybe they saw something I didn't.
3: So do you think that if they would have picked you as, you know, some of the final couples, you would have ended up marrying Danielle?
5: I don't know. Right. It's a great question. I don't have an answer for that because she's the one that broke it off when we left the show. So it's it wasn't, you know, it's one of those things like it's, it's hard to say. It, you'd have to ask her.
4: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future
0: Com
2: It almost, it almost feels like a college athlete where you're, you're in college and you get everything taken care of, right? They walk you to class, you, you get all your meals, they take care of your washing your clothes, and then all of a sudden you graduate and you just, pow, you get spit out if you don't get drafted and you almost don't know what to do. You're just kind of walking in circles. Is that almost what this was like? They just kind of spit you out into the world and the two of you were engaged, but did you like know where to go? Did you guys hang out? Like what happens when you don't go to Mexico, but you're now engaged?
5: yeah i think it's 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 more intense than that because the pod experience was was really profound and i spent uh, you know about the year since just really like journaling a lot and and kind of trying to figure out what the heck just happened to us and, I, right. and, and you know jenny might be able to test to this but i think everyone had a very major shift inside themselves that was really hard to understand so you have that on top of the fact that you know we just got spit out and let go and they kind of just gave us our phones back and then we were just back in the real world. And it was almost like this, you know, different reality where you don't, you know, mm-hmm. there was a hurricane that was going on during the filming and we didn't know cause we had no TVs, no radio, no phones, yeah. right. We were just on this Island living life somewhere. Um, and so it was, it was kind of shocking and I had budgeted time um, for, you know, if I did get engaged or if I didn't. And I just, you know, when we got back, it was, we just needed to go somewhere. I think that's why the Mexico trip was so valuable for the couples is that kind of having that time to just recharge after was important. So Danielle and I ended up going to, we took a same day trip to Miami and we just stayed there for like four or five days, sitting on the beach and going out at night and just kind of, you know, getting back into real life human being form, you know?
3: So going back to like that time frame that you were journaling and, um, You know, you're trying to figure out what happened within us. I know we've talked about this a couple of times, but I feel like in the pods, I became this philosopher, right? Where I was trying to just dissect everything and figure out, like, what is happening um, you know, mentally, spiritually, and I feel like we need to come up with a term for this, Rory. Because <laughs> seriously, like that whole—I mean, I had epiphanies. I told you about this, so it's just like uh-huh, yeah, where the did stars you de- were aligning. The stars were aligning. What did you? Did you come up with anything, or did you come through like a breakthrough of like what it is that we went through?
5: Yeah. So there, you know, I ended this in my other interview, but I think that there's a in the simplest terms that I can muster and the simplest way I can put it, I think that there was like two or three major processes going on. I think, uh, you know, and and, and there's a lot of ingredients that had to be present for this, you know, awakening to happen in all of Mm -hmm. us. The first was that I think every single person that went to the facility, Wanted to find someone right there was a drive there to not be alone not to be single and to find your person to find your partner in crime And so that was the carrot on the stick that we were all kind of fighting for is like, you know Okay, we do actually want this Um, and what happens is when you're in that Facility right and you actually take away your phone your any distractions pets work Responsibilities we all took time off from work and we had nowhere to go nowhere to be no one relied on us for anything You're sitting in that silence and you start to be able to tune into the Mm -hmm. parts of you that you ignore, right? Right. The way you're feeling, the way you're thinking. And the longer you sit in that silence, you get to a point where you can't really run from it anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no just like normally I think this happens on a day to day basis for almost every person on the planet where you start to feel uncomfortable or you feel anxious or you feel worried. You go to social media or you turn on Netflix or you go out for the night. You distract yourself. It's very easy to distract yourself 24-7 in 2020 because there's a million different ways to do it. And so when you ever had that feeling of, I don't feel good, something's wrong inside of me, you distract yourself instead of dealing with it. And I think what happened to most of us is we couldn't distract ourselves anymore. and We had to just sit there and stare at them and look, hey, I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling that way. What's going on? Oh, my God, I can't run from it. Um, And so I think as time went on, we all started succumbing to that. Mm -hmm. Some of us, you know, didn't realize what was happening until later or after or maybe talking to other people and seeing that they were going through the same thing helped But it was just this you had the camaraderie of your same gender lounge, right? The girls had the girls to lean on and the guys had the guys to lean on and you kept going to this dates where You're with someone on the other side of the wall that is opening up to the same level you are and it's almost like mm-hmm. this Rally right in sports where you just like you toss it over by being vulnerable and they get vulnerable back and you keep tossing back and forth and eventually you're just Hearing and feeling things that you didn't even realize were part of you. And there's also, you know, there's a, a good deal amount of Posturing that happen in real life, right? So when you're in a professional setting You're standing up taller and you're working on your diction and your vocabulary You're trying to say the right things or use the right words You're mm-hmm. when you go to a restaurant you make sure you're sitting properly or you pick the right table there's always Some array of things that you're trying to nail Mm -hmm. that are socially acceptable and social pressures that are coming down on you. But when you're in a soundproof booth by yourself with nothing going on, you don't worry about that. A lot of us ended up laying on the couch or leaning up against the wall or sitting on the floor. And you start to listen to yourself as you're connecting with someone and you start to realize that you're part of the conversation too. And I don't think a lot of people have this nowadays where you're talking to someone and you're kind of thinking about what you're going to say next or, where you're sitting or what you're doing and you're not even listening to how that person is affecting you emotionally and mentally right and since you start tuning into that you really start connecting to them you're like holy crap what she just said makes sense to me or oh my god that makes me smile or that makes me laugh right so i feel like yeah it's like this real life it's almost like it's almost like you get to realign with the person you've always wanted to be, right? right? It's like yep. you see the deviations that you've made over time for social pressures, but when that fades away, you can say, oh, my God, I actually really do want- – I think a lot of us change jobs after it because we're yeah. like, oh, you become your I remember self. what I wanted. Yep. Yeah. You realign yourself because – you don't have the distractions that prevent you from
2: doing that. But is it also, it's it's interesting here and then now I understand why so many people talk to Rory because we can just sit and listen to him speak for five. It's the longest answer to a question ever. Um, but it, it's, it's fascinating because I almost wonder if, is it your true self or are you manufacturing something because you're in this experiment? It's not the real world. There there are always outside influences that are going to be exerted upon you. So it's almost like you're an alternate form of yourself in a controlled environment that you'll probably never experience again, right?
3: I, for me, sorry, Rory, you can answer this too, but for me, it was like I was my innate self. I was the self that I am in a closed room when no one's looking at me, when uh, the the things that I think in my head, without any outside pressure or judgment. Like I, I, re- I went back to like my poetic my poems and my written word and that's why people are like you spoke in riddles it's because that's how i talk in my head so i think that's how that that came across physically because i was my innate true self and i didn't have anything to distract me from that i don't know about you
2: mm -hmm. (laughs) you as well rory
5: no so i think um i think it's actually the reverse no i agree with tj i'm saying okay original question yeah Um, I think it's actually the reverse because it was a controlled environment but I think it's because it was free of pressures you were able to kind of allow yourself to feel and and, you know it's 24 hours a day right so as soon as you have a breakthrough or a wall comes down or you have some vulnerability you kind of that's the new baseline right you don't get the chance to reset and so I could definitely see the impression of you know it's 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 obviously an island that, that can't be real but I mean Think of like use as an example, right? So like when I go and do business in Japan, I'm going to, you know, like wear a button down and and tuck it in and wear a belt because that's culturally acceptable right there. Like that's how you envelop yourself in the culture. And I think the problem with nowadays is every single part of your life is something that's being measured, right? Your Instagram post, your social media, how you have your home, what you eat for dinner, when you go to bed, when you wake up, how many times you go to the gym, right? Like all that's being measured all the time. And I think because you're so, you get into this point where you're just like a ball of rubber bands, just t- tightly wound. You're not sure what's going on. Where in this experiment, no one was expecting you to do anything. Mm-hmm. You were just there, mm-hmm. existing, being yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it is. Obviously, you can't be that all the time because, you know, when you go to a business meeting or you go to a restaurant or whatever, there are expectations of you as a person in those scenarios. But I think that if you, if you string too many of those scenarios together where you never have a moment to stop and remember who you are, you forget.
2: Does it make it a challenge you think for the relationship on when, when you re-enter the world that we have to live in because it's nothing like the world in which you fell in love and got engaged? I would assume that's that's a hell of a challenge for that relationship to to continue. Totally,
5: yeah, and I think that's kind of I mean you nailed the premise of the show too, and why it was interesting to watch, and obviously since Giannina went on, she can probably you know speak more to this, but just I, I think that. I have to believe that what Love is Blind was trying to figure out is why people aren't connecting as much anymore. Why does everyone on every dating app but hating it and hating themselves and finding no one, right? Like, why is that such a challenge now, whereas, you know, 50 years ago in the nuclear family era, you met your homegirl girl in your hometown and you were married after high school and everything was great forever. Right. It's right. So like, what changed? What made that so much more difficult? Mm-hmm. And I think that this, this show has shown and proven that it, if you, if you can never be vulnerable with anyone cause you're always afraid or you're worried that you're going to come off wrong, you are never going to make that deep emotional connection. And once that connection's made, yes, you're going to have to posture with each other's families or, out in the real world or you're going to have times where you're fighting and arguing. Yes, that's part of it. But I think that if you don't have that underlying foundation of why you like each other and why you admire each other, then it's not going to survive anyway.
2: So if, if you're trying, if you reinsert yourself into the, into the world, like you said, you're going to Japan for business and stuff. How much of, how much of the Rory that you had on the inside still exists now, 18 months later?
5: Um, most of it. Now, obviously you know some of the topics that we're talking about here and i've had some interviews where you know people are like wait what and it just feels heavy i i obviously minimize that in casual conversation because i'm not going to just drop bombs everywhere i go <laughs> right um, <laughs> but it is yeah. still there and, and i think that you know dates since the show have been so much easier right because it's it, i can tell when we're not having pod talk and i don't like it when it's not pod talk it's like hey what college did you go to? What car do you drive? Yeah. Right? Pod What's your favorite the, shirt? Like all that's good stuff, meaningless. Yeah. And the pod talk is like, no, like, you know, like, what does sex mean to you? Mm-hmm. Do you like childhood memories? How do you feel about your mom? How do you feel about your dad? Like, what happened with your last relationship? Mm-hmm. Like things that you're scared to ask because you're scared about like scaring them away in normal conversation. You realize that. You know, and that's what was so great about the pods is you would be vulnerable and say like, okay, today we're going to talk about sex and you don't really want to bring that up on a first date normally. But, hey, we should probably talk about it. And then you realize that when you bring it up and you talk about it, you both feel better afterwards because you were willing to have that short term conflict to talk about something serious that led to
2: long term bonding. What was the longest you spent in a pod and what was the short? Because I'm guessing you had to have a marathon (laughs) and what was the shortest amount of time you had in a pod? The first day
5: we did speed dating, and I believe those were 15 minutes each, but you had to see all 15 people the whole day. So it, kinda, it was like back and forth, back and forth.
3: I thought it was seven. Was it seven minutes? Seven I minutes.
5: 15. I oh, think the second was. date was 15. They gave Rory 15. Right. <laughs>
2: <They're> like, <"There's laughs> you no doubled way it somehow. Seven. <laughs> 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 and, and did you do like a 10-hour uh, marathon?
5: No. I mean, I think the longest one I was in was like two and a half hours or three
2: hours. I don't know.
3: What? I feel like I was
5: in there for like eight hours, dude.
2: But you said every fifteen minutes felt like a year, right?
3: I so last thing for me, Roy, right, is like I feel like I was in there for a year after the nine days.
2: There was this
5: weird time dilation where you just don't know how much time has passed, mm-hmm. and some of that's like we 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 weren't seeing clocks or phones <laughs> or TVs or like we just sunlight, know going on. Right. you know, or sunlight or anything, yeah. and I think. Partially, too, when you're going through some really intense emotional baggage and you're kind of processing that and going through it, it can definitely make time feel like it's going longer. And it's also just, you know, you see what we saw on the show in the final edit, but it's not like everyone had one, you know, love interest and that was it. It's like we were making connections and losing them constantly. So there's a lot to think about as you're going through this.
2: All right, before we get into time-space continuums and time is a flat circle. Uh, it is. Let's get, let's get one thing. We, uh, we do this with everyone, Roy. So uh, we want you to play Love is Blind or Hard Pass. And I'm going to go through six things. And you can only pass once for things you are looking for okay. in a partner. So uh, remember, you can only do one pass, and, and that's it. So I'm going to read all six, and then you will give us the one that you will give the hard pass. So I'm going to go one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. Here we go. Laughs like Janice from Friends.
5: Oh man! <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Love is Blind. Okay. Wow. All right, here we go. Owns snakes or reptiles. Love is Blind. Okay. Uh, tons of debt, like BK level debt. Ooh. I mean, how many how many digits are we talking? About? <laughs> uh, let's say let's say mid five digits.
4: <laughs> uh, best. that's
5: not that bad love is blind okay that's there flying. we go
2: uh someone who wants to be in an open relationship Ooh, pass okay there it is so the uh the other ones i have left and i'll let you change if you want uh bad in bed Ooh, but that that's a skill thing like we can practice see there you go Ooh, okay see exactly right and then finally <laughs> uh girls with hairy armpits like you can she shave, just, man. no, but That's she won't. Fixable. But she won't. She, like, oh, she, she's, won't she won't. she likes. She won't. She likes. She likes.
5: Is it like so? Like if she's wearing a sundress, <laughs> is it peeking out a little oh, bit? It's,
2: it's like yours, Roy. They look like yours. They're they're full. I on... shave mine. So I don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yo, I went through three I months without cave, shaving.
4: So I don't...
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it looks like uh, oh, open relationships seemed to be the right answer there. Uh, Roy, Probably. this was fantastic. Uh, it is, it is certainly easy through just the short conversation we had. Why uh, you were featured in the manner you were in the first episode, and <laughs> everybody was confiding in you, and you were talking to them through, uh, like you said, what was I'm certain I'm certain was a wild and different emotional set of uh, feelings and and experiences that I've got to believe are just crazy over those nine days.
3: You're the heart of the it Pod really Squad, yeah. roar.
2: There we go. Oh, oh
5: the pod squad. Is G-G. that what you call yourself? We call it the pod squad. Right. Yeah. Pod <laughs> squad, yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: thank you, Rory.
5: Thank
0: you so much.
2: Subscribe to Love Insight
1: on iHeartRadio or however you get your podcasts.
4: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.